We serve an almighty God, church. It's interesting. You can turn your Bible. We'll be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 today. And uh, talking about this passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15, uh, I, I remember reading this back in January and, and stopping on it for, for one reason. Um, and then as I was preparing for this Sunday, found that uh, just the, the partner that we were going to be having here this week was Gene, the CPC. Um, it became even more necessary because it's how do we be responsible with the irresponsible? What's it going to take for you and I to be responsible with the irresponsible? And, and, and listen, I'm, we've all been in places of irresponsibility in our lives, and they carry different consequences with it. But, but how should you and I, as the church, be responsible with the irresponsible? This passage is really difficult. If you, if you want to read it with me, I'm going to read it to kind of set the, I want to set the weight on your chest for a second, and then we're going to unpack it, because I only think it's difficult for, for one heavy reason. And that reason is the wrong one. If you read your Bible, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But the toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might uh, not be a burden to any of you, it is not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness. Do not be busy at work. Uh, excuse me, idleness. Not busy at work, but busy bodies. Verse 12. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for, your, as for you, brothers, don't grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Let me, let me give you the small context of this. Obviously, the zoomed-in issue that we're going to focus on, that, that Paul focuses on, is, is a brother that is acting in an irresponsible way when it comes to um, doing their part. That work is kind of the foundational example of what's going on. But the truth that Paul addresses here is, is Scripture-wide, from the Old Testament to, to the New Testament. It's, it's not just said once here, it's repeated in other places about, about how do we engage, how do we act responsibly when a brother, someone that we love dearly, claiming Christ is acting irresponsibly. And, and this is a, a huge picture. Let me tell you why I think that's so heavy. I, I believe it's so heavy on our hearts often because we frame it in our own context. You know, Omar a few weeks ago, and I haven't forgot it, talked about the, the short span of a chord and the beginning of a small chord and being our life, and then this long stretch of chord that just runs endlessly being eternity, and how much we focus on this part when God's called us to focus on so much more. I, I really believe that acting responsibly in the eyes of God with a brother or sister who claims Christ, 
who's acting irresponsibly is most difficult because we think of our life as the point of impact. We think of our life as the focus. You know, when I was thinking about Gene and, and the folks who serve at the CPC, they have people coming in, and many of them have irresponsible things going on in their mind. Their journey may have taken them there. Their desire when they leave may be that. And, and I can only imagine, I've seen the statistics, that those who claim to be a brother or sister in Christ have to be many people who are clients. Because we've kind of created this undercurrent that Scripture warns us, encourages us not to be. This idea that we can be a brother or sister in Christ and that we should weigh our decisions on a little small part of our story instead of the links of endless eternity. Well, here's the crazy thing. This warning against being idle, it comes in this context not of how to have good relationships with your, with your friends, but, but it's framed in context of eternity. If you look all the way back to the beginning of the letter, the, the first words out of his mouth after the greeting are, we give thanks to God for you because your faith is growing. Verse 5, it says, the ev this evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God. You see, the, the framework for dealing with a brother or sister who's acting irresponsibly is not our inconvenience but eternity. You see, what's more important than, than a brother who's not acting irresponsibly or who's acting irresponsibly, what's more important than their immediate effect or the impact on their immediate relationships or where it's going to take them 10 years from now is, is where is it taking them eternally? See, this is, this is the framework. Because right now, listen, I, I'm a parent. I get it. From the time my children were born, I was thinking, well, how is this going to impact this? How is this going to impact this? How is this going to impact this? We, we were analyzers. When, when our first child was born, we said we want our child to trust other people other than us. So to people that we claimed as brothers and sisters in Christ, we asked them to hold our child often. We would let them take them down the hallway. Why? Because we wanted 10 years from now to, for them to trust brothers and sisters in Christ. So I'm a, I'm a planner in that sense. I, I started putting maroon shower curtains in my children's bathroom before they hit junior high. Why? Because I'm a planner. Guess what? It's not working. But that's not the point. But what Scripture calls us to do is not plan in, in segments of this earthly life, but that we take in all of our planning towards eternity in church when we change our thinking to allow the context of god to replace our own personal context then this becomes an act of love and i think that's really key if you have your bible look in there with me i'll, I'll put it on the board here so we can kind of follow along a little bit but but i want you to look Gosh, we'll start in verse 6. I'm only on verse 7 on the board. It says, Finally, brothers, excuse me, now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you've received from us. Now, I want to frame this. Don't lose me. Don't leave me on this part of Scripture. A, I didn't write it. 
So, so don't check out on the Lord here because we have to go all the way through the end. But, but the warning here, Paul says in a command with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ attached. He says, I command you in the name of the Lord that you keep away from any brother who's walking in idleness and not according with the tradition that you received from us. You see, what Paul says this, brothers, if there are those around you who are claiming Christ but walking not in his footsteps and telling you that that is how life in Christ is freedom, they're acting irresponsibly. They're acting disorderly. In fact, this term that you would see in, in Scripture, it means they're not battle-ready. You see, what Paul's not addressing is someone who's made a mistake. It, it, what he's not addressing is someone who said, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm needing to find a way out. Can someone help me? Can someone forgive me? Paul's, he's not framing this in, if you want to be a part of the church, you have to be perfect. But what he's saying is, what I'm talking to you about here is someone who's claiming to be a brother or sister in Christ in whom we regard as a brother or sister in Christ. We love them, and yet they are saying, I will give my life to Christ, and I will be my own master. Where he leads, I will only go if it fits my season. That's, you see, that's what walking in idleness is. It's, it's choosing to live, to embrace as who I am, this idea that I will not act responsibly when it comes in accordance with the traditions being taught. Now, now this a whole picture comes together, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I, I didn't do this. We'll, we'll play here for just a second. Because it's saying someone here is I will claim the cross but my life will not submit under it unless my desires match up with the cross. It says, in this person, not only will I, will I not do that, by not holding to the traditions of teachings, what Paul's saying is, I won't let Scripture guide me. You see, this is the framework. This is really important. It's someone saying, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I just refuse to submit my whole life to what Scripture has called me to do. In other words, I will love the Lord and reject His Word when it doesn't suit how I feel. Now, now church... This is big because it starts narrowing our framework of saying here is a brother or sister in Christ. Paul says, listen, this is a brother. He doesn't say a so-called brother. He doesn't say a wolf in sheep's clothing. But this is a brother or sister who has gone astray. This is a brother or sister in life who has so deceived themselves, their sin has so deceived them that they believe that claiming Christ and walking in Christ is okay to do without submitting to his rule and his word. If you were to look all the way back to the book of Numbers, Miriam and Aaron did this to Moses. They said, 
Is Moses the only one that God can talk to? He talks to us too through visions. You see, their sins deceived them into thinking that they could write their own story and follow the Lord. Paul says, I want to talk to you today about how to act responsibly with those that you love who claim Christ as their Lord and yet are not walking and choosing not to walk according to his word. Look in your Bible at verse 7. It says, For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have the right, but we give you in ourselves an example to imitate. Church, acting responsibly with those who are being irresponsible in light of eternity has a purpose. And we're going to get all the way to the end today. Because this is, this is too important. It starts with you. You see, I, I believe a lot of times, and I love Jean's testimony, I, she was passionate about pro-life. She was passionate about it. But she wasn't doing anything about it. You see, my, my conviction came when I read these words. Paul said, listen, you yourselves know you ought to imitate us. At the end he says, but we give it in yourselves as an example to imitate. If you and I are going to be responsible with the irresponsible, if you and I are going to reach out into the dark places where those that we love have wandered, it starts with us. You see, because when a brother or sister wanders from, from the Word of God, when a brother or sister finds themselves outside of God's will, they find themselves an enemy of the God they speak with, with love about in their life. But they live in rebellion. They are, they are headed. They're headed for disaster. And so if you love them, we have to go after them. What does that going after look like? Well, it starts with knowing that you're an example. That you're an example to imitate. In Scripture, when a, a rabbi or a father or a mother took someone under their care, this example to be a discipler was saying that you can watch my every move. I'm going to be intentional every time I'm around you. I'm going to be mindful. When I tell you that the Word of God is my authority, I'm going to live by the Word of God as my authority. You're going to see it in my life. I'm going to teach it so you can imitate me. I think maybe we have bought into this idea that you should do as I say and not as I do. And we hate it when other people find themselves there. But as a father, as a mother, as a friend, I think many times we have a hard time with speaking truth because we are not worth imitating. You know there's nothing that keeps you from living a life sold out for Jesus Christ other than yourself it's hard to reach out into dark places 
when we're not willing to be imitatable. I was watching at the band competition Christine and I went to yesterday, and um, it was really neat. <clears throat> I, I liked watching everything, whatnot, but I got captivated by one idea. All the bands have more than one drum majors. One stands in the middle, and then there are two or four on their right and left. And let me tell you what it looks like. The one in the middle is going after it. They are eye contacting with the band. They know what's going on. Life is good. The drum majors on the sides are not the head drum major. Do you know how I figured this out? This is brilliant. You ready? They never looked at the band. Never. They only looked at the head drum major. They were making sure that their hands were matching the drum major's hands. They were making sure that their style was matching their hands. No matter what was going on, no matter what happened, if the head drum major would have sped his or her hands up, they would have done the same. If they'd have slowed it down, they'd have done the same. That is imitation of example. And that drum major, I'm telling you, they know they're being watched. They know that the success of the band depends on their faithful imitation of one another, of, of the music. The, the band major has to know the music. They have to know the timing. They have to be in sync with the band director. All these things have to happen. Church, how much more important is Jesus Christ than a band? And yet you and I find ourselves on the sidelines. Believing that we're not imitatable because we disqualify ourselves. Church, if you weren't imitatable before today, you cannot reach into the dark places without setting your eye on the director. You may not have been imitatable yesterday, but right here, right now in Christ, you can surrender and say, Lord, if you are going to use me to reach the irresponsible, the wayward sheep, then I must devote myself to you so that my hypocrisy is not a reason for their wandering. Church, we are not simply called to spread the gospel. We are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ through the gospel. That takes devotion of ourselves it takes more than a want it takes more than feeling we have to know if we're going to rescue the perishing and care for the dying that we must say jesus i am not perfect but all who you'll call to you who are around me in my circle let me be willing to say i'll walk with you Imitate me as I'm trying to imitate Jesus Christ. Church, the Bible goes in further and it says there's something else you need to understand. It says in, in verse 12, Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to own their own, own living if you are one who is striving after Jesus Christ and he is breaking your heart for those that you love, that you know are wandering, 
you know they're trying to take advantage of one who is not able to be taken advantage of. Scripture says they'll only find out too late when the Lord says, I don't know you. For those, for those church, we, we owe them truth. Paul says, we command you and we encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. I went ahead here. Let me tell you what won't work. You. You can't go after a brother or sister and, and try to leverage their love for you as a parent. It won't work. It's not enough. You can't encourage and command someone based on simply your relationship as a friend. I, let me tell you, I have written more letters of calling to repentance to brothers and sisters in Christ than, than I could ever care to express. And, and early on, when I was young, I, I used to make it depend on, our. if you love me, trust me. When I was young, I, I would, if, if, you, if you won't listen to anyone, listen to me. You know I love you church is not sufficient if you and i are going to go after those who are irresponsibly walking their life away from jesus christ you and i must base our truth off of the name of jesus christ alone your encouragement must come with its eye on eternity the kingdom of god forever it's not about a moment it's about christ so, so we go after them in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, do your work. I think, I think we need to let everyone know that this, this work here may be alluding to in the example physical labor here, but the Bible shows us over and over and over that our call to work is a call to be obedient with Christ in everything that we do. And that all that we do bring God glory. So when we go after someone, when we reach out, when we try to, to, to just show them the grace of God, our encouragement should include their calling to be faithful to God, not to themselves. My heart broke this week. Someone that we love who we walked with as a, as a friend in Christ, said, I finally found hope. And then she listed a name. And it wasn't Christ. I love my friends. But we must be careful to say it's your calling above your emotions, your feelings, your wants, your desires. If we find wholeness outside of Christ, then we're not doing our work. Because in Christ is wholeness. So we must be willing to say to a brother or sister in Christ, do what God called you for, what he's made you for. His Bible says, do so quietly. That doesn't mean be sneaky. It means you don't need to rock and disrupt everything to show Jesus how it's worth it. Sometimes we find ourselves like a child. Have you ever seen a, a young child? 
Have you ever seen them fake a cry? Anyone? Like they're mad, they fake a cry? Anyone seen them do it long enough to where they start really crying? And then they get out of control? And, and it's hard because you're not trying not to laugh. Because what was small, they don't even know. Now they've worked themselves into a tizzy. And even if you were to try to give them what they wanted in the beginning, it wouldn't be enough because now their whole life has been disrupted. When you and I give advice and wisdom and reach out to brothers who are wandering, we must encourage them. The, the goal is not to jump on the latest cause or their latest moment. The, the goal is not that you and I should try to rattle the world. Oh my gosh, everything is, we can shake everything up right now. Listen, there are things that have to be corrected, but when we're talking about a wayward brother and sister in Christ, it starts with you. Are you willing to look into the face of God and seek Him in your wandering? Oh, so many times. I mean, I, I can't even count them. We have a brother or sister in Christ who is wandering away and they quote everyone but Jesus. They, they surround themselves. We surround ourselves with eight or nine people who have the same opinion of us. In other words, we let everything else get in the way, disrupt our communication with the Lord. And Paul says, listen, if you want to reach out to someone, instruct them to seek their calling. Don't disrupt it with all of this noise and don't be disruptive, disruptive trying to bring people in. At the end of the, the day, it's not about how many people are standing with you. It's who you're standing with in Jesus Christ. Don't be disruptive. And then it says, and eat your own bread. Now, this is amazing. Your, your Bible may say, like mine, to earn their own living. The, the idea of it all is simply this. We'll get that working. The idea of it all is simply this, that you and I are to, to enjoy the fruit of what we seek. If you are seeking a fruit that is not of the Lord, Scripture shows over and over and over, you will eat your own bread. You, you, you can't live off of someone else's faith. You can't live off someone else's hands. This is the word that we should give to those who are acting irresponsibly, who aren't ready for the battle that's before them. We're supposed to remind them on the reputation of Christ to do their work, pursue their calling in a way that is in line with him, not seeking their own, and that is willing to eat what the Lord provides through his work. Do you know how much better that is than anything you can give them anyway? The Bible says we pursue them it goes one step further, and it, and it comes back to us. I've already pre-circled that. It says, but don't grow weary. Don't grow weary, verse 12, in doing good. 
this comes back to us. I want you to see, before Paul says, before he gives instruction on what we're to do with someone, he gives us instruction for ourselves. He says, first of all, you need to be a disciple or you need to be pursuing God as an imitator. And then you can go to a brother and say, pursue your calling. Then you can go to his sister and say, listen, seek the Lord. Don't be disruptive. It's not about how many people are on our side. And, and eat what's before you. And then it comes back to us before it gives some pretty, pretty more pointed direction. It says, but you don't grow weary in doing good. The word don't grow weary is a Greek word. It used to be a negative word. And over time, it had this positive meaning. This idea is don't behave badly. This is what this word means in the, the earliest usage of it. Don't behave badly. How many times in Christ... Has someone's wandering from him caused you, irritated you, thrown you off course so much that your response did not honor the Lord? Gosh. I could go back to the CPC. 5,000 children, 2,000 lives for eternity because they're behaving badly wasn't met with you behaving badly. You see, how many times have you let the sin or waywardness of another caused you to behave badly and respond? How many times have, have, have you and I been tempted to behave badly when someone else is wayward? Church, this morning, I want you to know, before you go reaching out to someone who is sick, to someone who is dying, who is rebelling, who's choosing to live in disarray of Christ, in disregard to the, the fullness of his truth, before you go out, prepare your heart, because you must pursue them with the heart of Christ. And you must not grow weary of continuing to go after them. You can't get tired. You can't compromise. You, you can't not be an example. Because their eternity is at hand. It's at stake. It's not about what church going to be like next week when I see them after reaching out to them. It, it, it can't be about what's life going to be back when they come back from their tour or their visit or their whatever. It's, are you willing not to grow weary of doing good to them, of, of showing them the love of Christ and not letting it cause you to behave badly? Don't grow weary of doing good. And then the Bible says in verse 14 and 15, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Church, when we regard someone who is a brother or sister in Christ, but who is running away, who is unwilling, 
to submit to his full authority in their life. And they're embracing it. They're walking in it, not a stumble. Behaving badly means regarding them as an enemy. So what do we do? Paul's really clear. If they do not obey, the word obey is this picture. It means if they're not willing to answer the door. If someone who is a brother or sister in Christ is not willing to answer the door of Christ, who's not willing to hear what the Lord, if your word has to say, and don't get me wrong, I want you to catch this. So many of us are not even willing to knock on the door because we're afraid that they may not answer. Who cares more about their eternity, you or Jesus? So if you're being imitatable, if you are not growing weary, if you're not too afraid, knock on the door and see if they will answer. But if they're not willing to answer the door of Jesus Christ, knocking through his word and through his love and through his, his advocacy in you, this is important. It says, I have nothing to do with them. But they may be ashamed. Church, what in the world does that mean? How can I do that and go to verse 15 that says, warn him as a brother? How do I warn someone that's a brother? And I don't let them in. This word in Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 2, verse 7. Verse 5, 7 says this, Now if anyone has caused pain, he's not caused it to me, but in some measure to all of you too. For such a one, punishment by the majority is enough. So you would rather turn to forgive and comfort that he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you, Paul says, I beg you, reaffirm your love for him. See, here's the problem. When we cut off intimacy with a brother who's embracing life. It doesn't mean that we hate them. It doesn't mean you don't talk to them. It doesn't mean you don't, you don't, you don't encourage them in Christ. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you act like they have leprosy. It just means that you share with them. You can't run from Jesus and share the intimacy of Christ with us too. church this morning all are welcome in this place no matter where you've been no matter what you've done but I'm telling you if you claim Christ and you are embracing your heart over his and as a brother or sister The Bible says this. 
if we knock at the door and don't share our heart but share Christ with yours and you don't answer the Bible says the church must take note to take note means to carefully observe to make for certain for certain for certain that this isn't just our opinion or our whim but that we want you to know that what you're doing it should bring you shame not before men but before the Savior who died for you. And our prayer is that through that reality and through our presentation of our heart that you might return. Paul's word to the church is clear. Treat him as a brother. Anger shouldn't boil up. Your heart should break. Treat him as a brother or as a child. When, when repentance settles, when forgiveness is sought, embrace them as a father running after the prodigal. But church, I fear. I fear that if the church of Christ... If we do not respond in doing good, holding to the word of Christ, then we will send millions thinking they are brothers and sisters in Christ to an eternity without him. And we must love them more than that. We must love them more than that. Father God, Lord Jesus, help us be a church that looks on those around us with eternity in mind. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know in my life I haven't always been imitatable, and Lord, nor have I even had the strength to tell others to imitate me. Father God, Lord, help me repent of thinking my walking you is done in my own strength. Father God, I have fallen more times than I would ever, ever desire to have set before me again. Lord Jesus, your word is not about this type of condemnation, but it's about restoration. John chapter 3, you tell us, Lord, that you didn't come to the world to condemn it, but to save us. That we stand condemned by our own actions. That what I have done, that my story is enough you need not add anything more to show me that I am unworthy of you. But Lord Jesus, the Bible says that you came to save us and that your life and your death was sufficient to cover a multitude of sin, all the sins I would ever do. Simply, Lord, I must 
hold out and grab the hand of my Savior and Lord and say, I will follow you. Lord Jesus, there's not a soul in this room who in themselves or, or in someone that they love that we would call a brother or sister. And God, they are walking in a way that is irresponsible in accordance with what your word shows us. What your word tells us is a right relationship with you. So Jesus, if we weren't ready yesterday, would you let us be ready today? It's not tomorrow that hangs in the balance, it's eternity. So Lord God, let us encourage and command them to follow their calling. Lord, let us encourage and command them to seek your voice and not the disruptive voices of the world or not to try to be a disruptive force in others' lives. Lord, let us command and encourage them Oh, Father God, to eat what you have laid before them. God, let us do so in what you, such a way, Lord, that is in it for the long run. You wouldn't tell us not to grow weary if it wasn't going to be a, a journey. Father God, let us love a brother and sister in Christ enough. That while our heart breaks, after careful observance, we would knock on the door. Praying that they would answer. But if they do not, God, let us love you enough to let them know that you can't share intimacy. We, we can't pretend. We can't... Con pretend that we are in intimacy with one another in Christ while we rebel against him so God would you allow that shame to be a heavenly sorrow on their heart that would turn them back to you Lord Jesus if there is any in this room today that finds themselves in that spot Lord would you not let them leave without answering your door. In Jesus' name, amen.